And we've been in a series entitled Baggage. Amen. And so far, we've talked about letting go of the scars, letting go of the labels, check your baggage in. And last week, I started off, I'm told you I'm going to be here three weeks, letting go of your emotional strongholds. So open your Bibles back to Psalm 42. I'm going to deal with one verse today, one verse. Amen. One verse today. My goodness. One verse today. We already know and we'll talk about it a little bit. The psalmist is a worshiper. Uh, he is. He's a worshiper. And do you not know that if you declare that you are, how many worshipers we got in the house? Let me see. All right. When you declare that, get ready. Amen. Because he's coming after you because he wants your joy. All right. But you're not going to give him that joy, right? Because you are more than conquerors what? All right then. I'm in the right place. Amen. Psalm 42 verse 5 says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Here's the other why. And why have you become disturbed within me? Here it is. Here it is. Hope in God. Watch this. For I shall again praise him for the what? For the help of his presence. I want to talk about this morning letting go of your emotional strongholds part two uh, we discussed this last week uh, from the vantage point of understanding that in life we will deal with a mixture of emotions i told you that many of us and some of us are living a very emotional life on an emotional roller coaster Amen. And some of those emotions have become part of who you are. Uh, you, you, you've labeled yourself as such, and now it's a stronghold. Uh, what is a stronghold? I told you the biblical picture for stronghold is a castle. It's a well-guarded area. Watch this. Here's how you know when a person has an emotional stronghold. When you say something about that emotion, they get all wired up. And they become defensive about what you are pointing out about their emotional state. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Amen. I've been like this all my life. You know, that kind of stuff. So what happens is our emotions can somehow become a hindrance. It becomes baggage. Amen. In our lives. Emotional baggage. Then it turns into emotional strongholds. Now, our emotional strongholds, you may want to write this down, it's rooted in three things. Your past, your present, and watch this, and the fear of the future. When you wake up every morning wishing it was the next day, I wish that day didn't come. It is you living with an emotional stronghold rooted, okay? And from God's vantage point, Jesus says that in this world, past, present, and future, we will face trials because of the effects of sin. But in spite of those trials, Jesus says in John 16, be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Listen to me real good. A lot of what we deal with comes from the, oh man. Uh, and, and listen, and the longer you linger in the world, the more those emotional strongholds and emotional baggage becomes yours. Christ says we're more than conquerors. Our emotions are based also on the choices we make, which in turn, watch this, which in turn are based on our beliefs. 
So if I believe, if I believe I'm an angry person, come on, somebody. If I, if I believe I'm this, if I keep believing, and here's, here's where your belief comes, comes into play. Your beliefs comes from your values, the things you value the most, whatever those things are. And if we truly believe that Jesus has overcame the world, whatever it is that you're facing today, come on, somebody, you can overcome it. And the reason you can overcome it is because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And the only way that we can overcome these strongholds is if we practice this new way. Tell your neighbor the new way. Amen. Now, we come to our passage today, and I told you that this psalm, or this psalm has a mystery writer. Some say it's David. Some say it's one of the sons of Korah. They were worshipers. They led the procession in worship. But they had been taken into Babylon now, and they had been away from God's presence. They had been away. Can I tell somebody, can I share this with you today? Listen, listen, withdrawing yourself from God is not the answer. Oh, oh, oh this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go work this thing out on my own. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I could do bad. I don't want to be around nobody. See, the psalmist, the psalmist was in that mindset. Hey, listen, whenever you move to isolation, you're heading for destruction. But here's the thing. The psalmist was not away from God by choice. He was away by, from, from, from God by force. Lord. The children of Israel, they disobeyed God. This was the punishment. Can you imagine not being able to come into God's presence? I'm just asking. I mean, you got to love God to want to be in his presence. Look at, look at verse 1. Put verse 1 up on the screen for me. And verse 1 is deep because, and we dealt with this last week, but I want to say that I'm, we're going we're to get out of here on time. Watch. Look what he says. Look what he says. He, I don't know what's going through his mind. I mean, he's thinking about a deer. Like, like seriously? Like, he says, as a deer pants. For water, for the water brook. So my what? For who? For who? For who? Can I ask you a question? How bad do you want to be in the presence of God? Like seriously, like how, how much does your soul really want him? Because can I tell you this? No matter what you've been through, only God, only God can fix the situation. Only God, come on somebody, can bring you through. But here's the thing, you and I have to have a longing for God. Not longing for him as long as I'm going through. You hear what I said? Not longing for him as long as I'm... <laughs> you know why I believe that some people are still in their mess? Because God knows your motive. So what he does is he allows certain things, but he keeps, the, he keeps the real pressure from you because he wants you to learn that you can't use me. You can use that brother. I mean, you can use other things, but you can't use me because I'm God. But my question to us today is this. Do you want God more than what you really want in life? That makes sense. How much of God do you want? Well, how much does he have to give? <laughs> the psalmist says, as my soul, he sung from the soul. He says, so my soul, what? Huh? Pants for who? For our God. Verse 2, he says, my soul, he goes from, he goes from panting to thirsting. 
kind of get the picture? You know what the picture is? He's in the dry season of life. <laughs> Anybody there right now? Nothing can satisfy your soul. Sprite can't do it. Hennessy can't do it. Come on now. Hookah can't do it. I didn't say hookah. I said hookah. Come on, help me, will you? The dry season of life where everything you try to do just leaves you unsatisfied. Leaves you, watch this, leave you, leaves you in the same place where you started. Come on and help me now. And then he moves to verse 3. He said, man, now I'm, now I'm crying. How many done crying? You're just tired of crying. You cry so much, your tears become your food. All you eat is tears. Remember I told you last week? You got to wash the carbs in your tears. Because then you start gaining weight. Come on, help me, y'all. I'm just bringing you up to speed. He says, my tears have become my food when? That's a heavy diet. That's a heavy diet of what? Of despair. That's a heavy diet of depression. That's a heavy diet of emotion. If you're just feeding on emotion, come on and help me, y'all. You're going to lock in on a stronghold. And you're going to be a very emotional person. You with me? And then he says, you know, I used to, I used to go to your house, Lord. I used to, you know, and I used to remember. See, now he's feeding on his memory. This is what happens to people who are most, who are grieving, you know. Watch this. They start remembering the good days. As a matter of fact, they remember the good days so much they can't live in the present. Lord, have mercy. I'm helping somebody. They keep talking about what, man, remember when we used to? 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 And it's like, yeah, I remember when we used to, but look at where we are now. Where did that get us? <laughs> Seriously, like you remember when? Like you could play that game for a long time and detach from reality of life. Come on, help me somebody. Wishing that you had what you see everybody else have on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And it's all smokes and mirrors. It's a lie. Are you following me? And so what, what, what he says, what he says now, he moves, man, I love the psalmist because, because now, now he moves from where he was to where he's going to go. And I'm going to hope you with four points and we out of here. Amen. Look what he says first. He shakes it off. Some people don't like to go to counseling. They just don't. They just like, I don't want to buy my business. That stuff don't work anyway. But you're the main one that need to go to counseling. You're the main one that need to make an appointment because you're troubled and you won't get help. Okay? Watch this now. Watch. You ready? And then don't get mad at the counselor. Some people do go counsel, then they get mad at the counselor. I mean, he, he done said such and such about me, man. I don't know. That ain't true. <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you who don't want to go to counseling, this bud's for you. So, what's my first point, Aaliyah? <laughs> Being that you don't want to talk to nobody. If you want to get rid of these emotional strongholds, you got to start asking yourself the right questions. Not the questions that you wish you don't have answers to, but ask you the right question. Why are you like this? Why am I like this? Why do I respond? Why is it that when somebody says something to me, I get all emotional and want to cry? Why would somebody say something? I got an attitude right away. I'm mad, just upset, just. Some of you do it like that. Some of you internalize. Man, wait till he, I hope a brick fall on his head or something. 
See, see the different emotions and different reactions. Some of us are passive, some of us are aggressive, and some of us are both. This word why, it's an indefinite, watch this, interrogative pronoun. It's an indefinite interrogative pronoun. Watch this. In other words, you are interrogating you. See, the problem is we keep looking at ourselves in the mirror and we don't like it, but we won't stop long enough to fix it. Let me just throw on a hat. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Amen. <laughs> hey, Let me just put on a hat and I'm run out the door. You understand what I'm saying? But we won't stay long enough to what? To get into the details. Ask the questions. Man, what's wrong with me? Like seriously, why do I act like this? Why, why do I respond like this? Like, I know I can respond better. Psalmist is troubled, man. But he asked himself the right questions. You know what the question is? Why? Now, watch this. Now, here's why I know he's tripping, right? Because he's already answered the question. You know what the, you know what the answer is? Verse 1 and 2. Verse 1. What's verse 1? His soul is longing for God and his soul is thirsty for God. That's why. <laughs> That's now he he knows his why. Do you know your why? I'm saying, do you love God? I'm sorry, can I ask you a question? Do you love God that much that it troubles you that you can't be in his presence? Obviously, some of us know. We have other things that we've replaced God with that we're longing for. We're longing for a better marriage. We're longing for more money. We want the bag filled. We want, we want to level up. We want a better, you know, better circumstance. We want a new house. Our, this is why you have to ask the why question. His why is linked. Now, now let me say this. Is there anything wrong with all that other stuff? Wanting a good marriage, wanting a good home, wanting some money in the bank? Of course not. But that can't be why you survive. That can't be the only reason why you are longing in your soul. Why you so Some people are just upset because they don't have what other people have, so they walk around mad all day. Amen? I mean, they're like, man, they don't deserve that. I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. How do you know that? But if your longing is linked to material things, baby boo, you always going to be dissatisfied. Straight up. But if your longing is for God, Oh, he'll satisfy not just your spiritual needs, but your physical needs. See, there's blessings that come with this, and there's levels to this thing. And when God knows he can trust you, oh, I wish I had somebody. He's going to push you up. Come on, somebody. He's going to push you up just a little bit more because he knows, man, I can trust you. I could put a meal in your hands, and guess what? Know that you're going to do the right thing with it. You follow me? So ask what? Ask the interrogative question. But can I say this to you? Please listen to me, saints. I got 18 minutes. Watch this. Be honest as to why you feel this way. Like why do you run to that emotion? Be honest about that. Our tendency is to look outward and not inward. Watch this. If you look inward, you will begin to understand the emotions that's dominating your life. Anger, sadness, despair, depression. You'll start understanding it because you're asking yourself the right questions. The next thing he says, he says, why have you, watch the words now. You got to catch the play on words. He says, why have you become what? Become what? Disturbed. You know what that word disturbed means? It means to howl. Ooh, 
to growl. <laughs> oh, why are you howling? <laughs> I do that to my dogs when I go home. And then they start doing the same thing. The whole house. <laughs> we start singing. <laughs> why are you howling? Why are you murmuring? Why are you groaning? Why do you have so much dissatisfaction? So you ready? Now, now, now notice he says, why have you, what, become? That's the first person or the second person or the third person? Huh? That's the third person, right? Because he's speaking what? He's speaking about himself. That's the third person? So he's speaking what? About himself, correct? So he's made what? He's asked the right question, but then he does this. He assesses himself correctly. Don't label yourself, saints. Don't label. Listen, no, you're not angry. Okay? No, you're not a mad, crazy person. But you keep saying it about yourself. You better watch out because I'm mad and crazy. <laughs> the verb takes a specific meaning in a specific context. This word indicates, watch this, a strong emotional response. If you're going to assess yourself because you don't want to go to counsel. You know, get the right diagnosis. Get, get the right what? Diagnosis. Get the right diagnosis. Like, okay, all right. Why have I become this? Notice what he said. He says, okay, why is my soul like this? But now he says, this is what I'm becoming and I don't like it. Come on, somebody. You got to declare, I don't like what's happening right now. Okay, I don't like the fact that anytime somebody says something to me, I fly off the paint, man. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm slam dunking them. Like, yeah, say it again. <laughs> I wish you would. And you way in the other room. I wish you would. But do it then. Imagine living in that house. Put your howling and, and growling and groaning and murmuring and madness and craziness. And you're trying to wake up and you're trying to go to work and you're trying to function, trying to feed the kids. You're trying to buy shoes for them. You're trying to do all this stuff. But listen, there's so much strong emotions that you're like, gosh, man. Lord, free me, Lord. Some of us want something so bad and we're willing to put up with that mess. Don't want it that bad, y'all. Listen, his assessment of himself was, watch this, it was honest and accurate. Watch this. He knew this since he was exiled. Watch this. Bitterness, anger, despair, and sorrow had set in. So here's what I'm telling you. Find your source. He's in exile. He's, he's in slavery. And he's thinking about, man, we used to worship God. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine like, okay, all right, you, 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 you're going to church. You're doing all the things you're supposed to do. And then here you are now locked up. But what were you going to church for, though? Right? That was just part of your life, right? You were worshiping. You were doing all those things. But you got to understand that there's, there's cause and effect with God. And sometimes you're just caught up in the crossfire. You're caught up in some other stuff that some other people's doing in your life. Watch this. That has caused you all to end up where you are. Crossfire is what's called. But watch this. But watch this though. Watch this though. He's a, he's a disturbed man. Who's about to explode real soon. Watch this. If he does not do something about his baggage, 
he's going to hurt somebody. But he's going to hurt himself. Because can I tell you something? Emotional baggage is really why. You know how many hurt people we got in our church? Got a bunch of hurt people in this church. Okay, I'm talking about hurt from all kinds of things. But guess what? We still smile. We still lift our heads. We still keep going. We still pr keep pressing, okay? But here's the thing that you got to do, though. You can't lift your head. You can't keep pressing if you don't deal with the issues. Because here's what's going to happen. Later on in life, when you have achieved some real stuff, that thing is coming right back. So today, you got to declare in your life, man, I'm going to ask these questions. I'm going to assess myself correctly. This is what I'm becoming, Lord, and I don't like it. Come on, somebody, and help me. Listen, 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 listen. This is what I'm becoming, Lord. And guess what? I don't like the person I'm becoming. I know what pastor said, that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, that I'm a new creature. But, Lord, I don't feel it. I don't see it. My emotions don't line up to it. So, Lord, I need your help. Watch what he says next. Let me show you how he got out of it. Aren't you glad? Watch this. He's, watch this. He, he was back and forth, you know, on a roller coaster. One minute he says, watch this. One minute, he's, one minute he says, oh, I'm thirsting after God. I'm thanksgiving and all this other stuff. Next minute, phew, flatline. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about him? He couldn't go to church and get a fix and leave <laughs> because he was permanently not in God's presence. Lord have mercy. At least you can do that. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. Look what he goes on to say after disturbed. Hope in God. Saints, I want to help somebody with something today, okay? You see, this is what happens to most of us. We lose hope in God. We stop hoping. You know what hope is? It is the belief that my tomorrow will be better than my today. You know what hope is? A confident expectation. A confident, it ain't faith. It's a confident expectation that it's going to be all right. Some of us don't have hope at all. We can't see it. Because our diagnostic of ourselves is wrong. <laughs> Watch this. So, so the next thing is, make sure you do this. Always, saints, always, don't let nobody talk you out of your hope in God. And don't let nobody say to you, and especially say, nah, I ain't going down there for no prayer. I went last week. <laughs> Listen, as long as the doors are open, you better run down these aisles. You better come down here and get your hope. Get down to the church and get your hope. You may not understand theology. You may not understand all this chemistry and all this other stuff. But guess what? Just run down to the house of the Lord and get your hope. Some of you have been disappointed so much in life, you don't even know what hope looks like. Come on, y'all. Can I tell you something? The object of your hope is important. Watch this. Temporary relief, hope, like money, sex, relationships, opportunities will let you down. But you know what else I want to tell you? Write this down. Along with your hope. You ready? Learn how to encourage yourself. Stop looking for people because everybody wrapped up in their own mess right now. 
It's hard to find some real Christians, you know, <laughs> that think about you, that love you. Are you following me? What I'm trying to say to you today is this. Tell your neighbor, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to say, self, it's going to be all right. God is on my side. See, what the psalmist is doing now, he's on the upswing now. Watch this. He's on the upswing. He says, I hope. He just, he just busted out. Hoping God. Is he speaking to us? That's who he's speaking to. He just come out the blue like, first he was despaired. Man, my heart is hoping God. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, dude. Like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Like, all of a sudden, he's in the middle. Is he bipolar? In the midst of his despair, he says, let me encourage myself real quick. Hope in God. That my tomorrow is going to be better than today. That my expectation is God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. Listen, when, when, watch this, when friends are few, Come on, somebody. When, when folk turn their backs on me, guess what? I got hope because God is good. His mercy is everlasting. Come on, somebody. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. My God that brought me this far will bring me through. I'm not crying no more. I'm not going to accept those labels that people put on my life no more. No, I'm going to watch how I respond to situations. Yes, I can control myself. Yes, because my God gives me hope. Man, I hope, y'all. I hoped. I hope. Sometimes I walk in this building and I think about where we started. And I say to myself, God, I, I, just, I, I just thank you, Lord. Because I remember the days when it was tough. And I was doubting whether or not God had called me or whether he was trying to use me. I, I didn't understand what was going on. I lived in that desert season for a long time until I learned how to have hope in God. Are you with me? I learned how to have hope. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. I got four minutes. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, listen, listen, listen. Even our pain... Of the moment, we have to remember that God, you got to remember what God did in your past. Get you a God file. I call, I'm, I'm working on a, on a, on a notebook, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, something for that. It's called a God file. And what I want you to do is start writing down what God has done for you so you can reflect back in those dry seasons. Hey, what he has already done. The fact that he brought you through before, he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he's going to keep on doing it. God doesn't run out of resources. He doesn't run out of hope. He doesn't run out of joy. The, watch this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. God runs out of nothing. Listen, listen, sisters and brothers, listen to me real good. You have a track record with God. How many of you got a track record? How many got a track record with God? Come on, come on, come on. How many of you seen him do the impossible? So why are you losing hope right now? Why are you losing hope? Take you some vitamins. Eat you some fruits. The fruit of the spirit, that is. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Self-control. Take you some vitamins. Juicy fruited, baby. Come on. You ain't got no hope. Life is just so bad. Because stuff ain't going your way. Oh. Okay. Look what he says next. 
Boy, you got to check this out. He says, for I shall. Now, you're going to understand the point here in a minute because of the word study here. Watch this. For I shall again. Now, what does it mean by again? It means his current position, he ain't doing it. You get so emotional, you don't want to come to church no more. You get so caught up in your bad feelings that you're like, man, I ain't going to church. I ain't get them. The first thing you quit is the church. He says, I again. Well, what? Can I tell you something? You got your own walk. And don't let nobody dictate your walk. Just because they're trying to diagnose you. And dictate how you move. Watch the text. Watch the text. He says, I shall again what? Praise you. Let me tell you what the word praise means there. The word praise there in the Hebrew, it means yada. That means it's that you know what that word means? No. Tata is thank. No. <laughs> that baby talk. That ain't Hebrew. <laughs> baby talk. Tata. No, <laughs> yada, you, th this is crazy, y'all. You know what yada means? To throw. The word praise means to what? To cast. What is he asking us to do? I'm sorry, what does he say he going to do? Give me the next point. What are you going to do? Can I help you something? Don't come. You come at the last song. Don't come to the last song. Come before they start singing. You know what praise does to your soul? I have any praises in here. I'm, I'm, come on. Y'all so yeah, I can praise. I'm talking about some praises. I got any runners in the house? Where are the runners at? <laughs> got any shouters in the house? Come on, y'all. Got any lift up the hands in the house? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. What, what I'm saying is he gives us the formula for healing. From my emotional strongholds and baggage. He says you got to learn how to praise. You got to learn how to lift your hands. You know why? Because when you lift your hands. You don't have no. Watch this. You ain't got no time to hold on to all that mess. So what I'm saying to you today. Today. Here's what you got to do. You got to stand to your feet. First of all. Because you can't get God no sitting down praise. That ain't no kind of praise. Because if Boys in the Hood was here, I mean, uh, Ice Cube was here, I mean, whatever his name was here, you'd be standing your feet. If Frankie Beverly and Maze was up in here, come on, let me get my cry right quick. Guess what you would be doing? <laughs> You better come on, bring it on, boy. You better bring it on. You better bring it on. And what I'm saying to you is take every emotion you got bottled up on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. And you got to fist your fist up and throw it on the Lord. Release it to the Lord. And you got to say, no longer am I going to live with anger, with doubt, with despair, with depression. Because I've learned how to throw it. I've learned how to yada. Yada him. Yada him. Yada him. When you don't feel like it. God, I'm going to yada you. I'm going to yada you. I'm going to throw it at you. Whatever they said about me, I'm going to throw it on you. Because it doesn't matter when I come in your presence. I shall again. Praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm no longer bound.
by what folks say. I'm releasing now. I'm releasing every emotion that does not line up with God's word. Hey, come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him, y'all. Make the devil mad. Tell the Lord I release. You are released. You are released today. You are set free today. Hallelujah to his holy name. I thank God. I thank God that I've learned that when you open your mouth and you learn how to praise him and you learn how to say thank you and you learn how to say hallelujah, hallelujah, but I want to yada you today. I'm ready to yada right now. I'm ready to release right now. I'm ready to be set free right now. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's a robber. He wants to take your joy. He wants to take your life. But you got to yada God. Lord, I'm going to praise you. I may not understand what's happening, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to say thank you for what you've done for me. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will again. The devil thought he had me. He thought he shut me up. He had me silenced. He had me in a corner. He had me hiding. But thank you, Lord. I can yada you now. I can praise you now. The devil tried. He tried. But he did not succeed. Hallelujah. He didn't succeed, y'all. You got to praise him with everything you got, with everything you have. Praise him, y'all. He says, I shall again. And he ain't talking about no stuff that you got to try to do. Why did he say again? Some of you have been putting your praise on pause. Because you broke it. But God didn't do nothing to you. God said, was I, was I the problem? So why are you taking it out on me? Why will you not serve me? Why do, why, do, why do we have to pump you to serve? Why, why do I have to go through all this to get you? I ain't did nothing to you. He said, but it was necessary. What you went through was necessary. So that you would again. And can I tell you something? Your, your comeback. Oh, shoot. I about to say something. Thank you, Lord. Uh, your comeback is going to be strong. The joy you're going to have, I ain't selling hope. I'm giving you hope. Your comeback is overdue. You had people labeling you and had you saying, this is who I am. No. No, you're a loving person. You're a happy person. You're a person that was full of joy. But the devil tried to rob you of every ounce of joy because of the circumstance. I want you to yada that to the Lord. Throw it on him. Throw it on him. He says, I'm going to praise him, though. Give me that last form. Yeah. 
See what the verse says? I get all emotional, but I want to show you the word. For the help, watch this now. Watch this. You ready? Let me tell you why Satan don't want you here. This is where your help comes from. This is where it's at. Why did I say that? Look what the text says. What the text? Put the text up. What the text say? What it say? What it say? The help of what? Of what? There's a key right there. There's a revelation right here. Watch this. If he can get you to stay at Bedside Baptist every Sunday and come up with an excuse why you can't come, you ain't going to get no help. So guess what? You stay at Bedside Baptist see how better you get. There's a key here. I'm done. There's something about God's. I was prepping y'all the whole service. Y'all didn't see it. There's something about God's presence. See, we're looking at man's hands for help. We're looking at people for help. When you leave here, you try to figure out how I'm going to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do all it. God said, your help right here. Matter of fact, you just miss his help. You're trying to work it out. He's already worked it out. All you got to do is access the help by coming in his. I used to get upset. Not upset, disappointed. I didn't get upset. I got disappointed. Man, I work on my sermons. I don't just throw nothing together overnight. Talking about I'm praying on the way to church. Talking about let me see what the Lord going to give me. I work hard on my sermons, man. I spend at least 20 hours preparing. And then I come and two people show up. But then the Lord showed me something. Was you doing it for them or me? And when I start preaching to an audience of one, I got my help. When you come here for an audience of one, you'll get your help. Stop letting the devil convince you that your next episode is more important than Bible study. Talking about Netflix, Hulu, and whatever else you watch. You know, you know when he says presence, it's the masculine plural noun, meaning a face. <laughs> what am I saying? He says, my help is found in the face of God when I come face to face with him in worship. As a matter of fact, we're worshiping right now when you hear the word. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. It means to get in the face of God. Give you a different look now, huh? Well, shoot, I got to get down there. I got to get in. How many going to come and get in God's face every Sunday and Wednesday and Friday? Come on, you're going to come and you're going to get in his face. Why am I going to get in God's face? Because my help is there. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. When travelers go through the airport, they put their bags on the conveyor belt 
and the belt goes through an x-ray machine. Someone sits there and looks at it, and that person sits there looking for something in the bag that does not belong. If they see a metal object in the bag or something that's questionable, they pull the bag and the owner off to the side, and you know what happens, right? They'll get out the bags and go through your stuff and anything that does not belong so that the traveler is free to make their trip. The Holy Spirit does the same thing. He goes through your life. Come on, help me somebody. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we wonder why it's taking so long for God to make a breakthrough. It's because the Holy Ghost is going through our stuff. And he may have picked up something that's in your bag that does not belong there. He's not about to take off, Lord have mercy, with something you don't need. So today, if you're ready to yada and come in the face of God and say, Lord, take this, take this baggage. Take this emotional baggage from me. Would you come this morning? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you. That you can release every lie. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on now. Look, don't make me work hard now. I already worked hard. already did this. Kick off is in 20 minutes. So just come, just come on, make it easy today and give your life back to Jesus. Give your, give your mess. Give it to the Lord. Throw it, throw it at him. Throw it at him. Throw it at him. Lord, I'm tired of acting like this. I'm tired of being like this. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready to throw it at your feet. I'm ready to give it to you, Lord, because I know in your face and in your presence there's freedom. Would you come this morning?